When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Villain Was Right, the podcast where we look at movies and TV from the villain's perspective and dare to ask, were they really all that bad? I'm your host, Rebecca Reeds. And I'm your host, Craig Fay. And this week we are talking about Now You See Me, the magician spectacular. Uh, <laughs> now You See Me with a huge cast. Um, how are you feeling, Craig? Oh, this fucking movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, right out of the gate, right out of the this, gate. <laughs> this is an entirely mediocre movie that I have seen one too many times. That's so like, funny. <laughs> like, I think I saw it once earnestly, like it was on yeah. Netflix or something, and then Kat covered it for I Hate It But I Love It, and I think like, I was in the room when she was rewatching that, and like... And then I watched it like this is at least the third time I've seen this movie. And that is entirely too many times for a movie of this quality. Like this is this is a watch it once. Never think about it again. And I have dedicated way too much of my life to thinking about this movie. (laughs) (laughs) This is my first watch. This is the first time I've ever watched this movie. I had no feeling towards it. So I never just like threw it on or whatever. Apparently good enough to warrant a sequel. Two sequels. Two se- uh, did you the say third what? one's coming out. Yeah, no third one's coming way. out. That's craziness. Okay. So yeah, but what did you think about it then? Like, because because obviously we're coming at it from I've burnt myself out on this movie, <laughs> and you're fresh to it. So like, well, I'm just curious what the difference there is. I get like I I feel like maybe the same. Like I probably if I watched this two more times, I would be like, well, that's certainly enough of that. <laughs> Um, because it's like, it's a fine first watch. It's like, okay, like there's components of this that are interesting. Some of these people, I kind of like this narrative or whatever. You get to the end and you're kind of like, well, I'm just, uh, all right, I get it. You did the switch, the old switcheroo. Good for you. But for the most part, uh, yeah, it was just, it was, it was fine. It was fine. And I think that's how I felt the first time too. So for those of you who haven't seen it, uh, if you've if you've seen it, if you haven't seen it, yeah, go ahead, give it a watch. If you've seen it once already, don't bother with the rewatch. It's fine. <laughs> that's a weird thing. But here's the plot of the movie. Basically, uh, there's these four magicians, which uh, their names don't matter because it doesn't matter in the the uh, the movie. Uh, but basically, they're known as the four horsemen. And uh, they've got kind of a, what, it's a, a street magician with Jesse Eisenberg. We've got our uh, escape artist. We've got our hypnotist and our, like, pickpocket, basically. Those yes. are, like, the four skills. And they get invited uh, to join the Eye, which is, like, this magic for justice, basically. It's like Doctors Without Borders, but for magicians. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they uh, are invited to do this. And then... We cut to a couple years later, and they end up robbing a bank during their uh, during their performance in Las Vegas. And uh, it turns out they actually rob a bank, so the money is missing from the bank, and they give it to all the people in their audience. And so the police start looking in them at them, and uh, they can't prove it's them. So at their second show. Um, They've got a uh, they've got a guy uh, financing them, Michael Caine, uh, who uh, they steal all his money and give it to the audience because like he screwed people over with an insurance company or something in New Orleans. And then there's a third one where they steal uh, money from a safe somewhere and give it to their the people. And then it turns out the cop here's here's the big twist, everybody. Ah. Mark Ruffalo. The cop who's been chasing them the whole time. Well, he's been the ringleader of it the whole time. All to get back at, um, oh, what's his face? Uh, uh, Morgan Freeman. I'm going to call them by the The names don't matter. <laughs> the names don't matter. Uh, <laughs> it's Morgan Freeman. It's Michael Caine. That's how you know them. Um, and it turns out that his dad 
died because uh, Morgan Freeman's character revealed how he did a trick. So his dad went and crawled in a safe, which they dunked in water, and his dad died, and then the insurance company couldn't uh, pay it back. So it's like it's a big twist where it's all for personal revenge at the end, and the cop who's chasing them is actually the ringleader of these four magicians who, and again, it's like the more I talk about it, the like it sounds. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like the cool stuff was all the illusions and the magic and kind of like how they did it was kind of like when they would start dissecting kind of how they did it. And like some of it's like, okay, that would maybe be plausible. And some of it's like, okay, you gotta like, this is movie magic at the same time too. Sure. You kind of have to turn that switch off in your brain. That's going, what the fuck though? Come but, on. And, and I think that's what made it intriguing the, on the first watch, but on subsequent watches, you realize that none of that makes any sense. And it's just like hand waving away how they did it. They're like, how did they rob the bank? It's like, well, they robbed it before it got into the bank. They robbed the armored truck. I was like, okay, but now you need to explain how they got into the armored truck. Like, it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, they just go, they robbed an armored truck by already being in the armored truck. Like, it's so hand-wavy away. Uh, yeah, you ridiculous. gotta, like, accept a lot. You have to accept. You, <laughs> you do, but that's what, like, Ocean's Eleven does a better job of doing magic tricks than this because okay. they explain how it's done, yes. right? Uh, whereas this is like, we did magic. Well, how? Oh, it was just magic. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Like the hypnotism is just presented as real. Like the, you know, the fact that they can switch things out. Like he puts a key in a pop can at one point and like seals it. I was like, so you already had that on you to switch out. Like, how did you know what bread? Like, it, it makes sense. Oh, no yes, yes, yes. There's a lot of like, okay, you have it's like super powery. Yes, is, exactly. Like, their magic is super power adjacent. Exactly. It's like real magic, which means you don't actually have to write the spy thriller or the, the heist movie with using magicians because you just hand wave away anything that doesn't make any sense as being magic. Like it's like, it'd be more interesting to see superheroes or super powered people do this. Cause at least they would follow legitimate rules. Yes. Anyway, as I yeah, said, there's no real universe rules here. You just right. kind of have to go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. I don't need to know how they do the tricks, like in the shows that they're doing. I need mm-hmm. to know the tricks that they do to, do the heists. Yeah, the crime. Yeah. Yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. How were how did they get good at crime so quickly? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So who would you say the villains of this uh this movie are? Okay. That's a t- honestly I think that's kind of a tough question for this movie because it's like it's like okay, what is the movie's perspective is the villain? I think if we're going with the movie's perspective, it's Morgan Freeman. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Okay, if we're going for audience perspective, I would say most. (laughs) (laughs) I would say most people. (laughs) Um, Yeah. There's a lot of... Okay, so So they kind of do this thing where they're like, we're Robin Hood, basically. Like, they're trying to make it like, it's like, okay, we're stealing, but we're doing it in a good way. Like, we're giving it back to the people. We don't keep it. These are tasks we're doing. We're pledging an unknown force, which is a whole thing in itself of just like this blind following is nuts because I'm like, you don't, you're not in control and you don't know who is and you're just trusting that it's good because you're bored. (laughs) Like (laughs) that's basically what it is. You're bored and you're like, I want something new to do. This is interesting this was in an old book. Let's do it. Yeah, let's blindly follow the tricks and the plans that everyone set up. And they're so arrogant. I That's another thing I hate about this. They're so arrogant for oh. people who don't know where this plan is taking yes. them. And at no point do they show any sort of hesitation or, or questioning where these orders are coming from or who's behind them or what their purpose is. They just follow them and are assholes about it. Yes, 100%. They're super dicks the whole time. And it's all a show. Like the little play that they do in the room with the pop can. So they're like, you know, they're all getting interviewed, right? 
And our super twist cop here, our super twisty FBI agent, um, is in the room and it's just him and Interpol. I'm like, you're only doing, this is a one, this is a show for one woman right now. <laughs> Everyone else in this room knows what's going on except for this one woman. Is yeah. there any other way this could have been shorter and less insanely performative? Oh, the, it's I always want to be the because the magicians don't know it's him to begin with. They don't know that to the end yes. of the movie. But like, I always want to be the t- that, that's another thing I absolutely fucking hate about this movie. And it applies to other movies as well, where every interaction every character has in this is a conflict. It's just people shouting about how much smarter they are, how much tougher or how much better or richer they are. And there is absolutely no point in this movie where anybody shows any humanity. They're just like, I'm smarter than you. Or I bet I can... Even the magicians themselves treat each other like that. It's infuriating. There's a range of human emotions, and they can all be in the thing. It's not just about being tough and cool, you know? Yeah, I kind of left this movie going, oh, so magicians are assholes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's what they are. So they're just branded as that. Okay. Yeah. Good to um, know. Because none of the, none of them were nice. No, or likable. Not one of them. No, one of them was likable or nice. It was like it was like one was like, okay, we're gonna do one's gonna steal like just outright. It's just like actively stealing. Uh, another b- blackmails people for yeah, his Woody job. Harrelson's yeah. Um, the other one uh, just performs magic to get laid very clearly. That's a clear plot line there. Um, and then lastly, um, shock value. I'm going to think I, I'm going to make people actively think they've watched a tragedy. Okay. A tragedy has unfolded. We've watched a woman get decimated by piranhas. Ha ha ha. What kind of, and like, it's passed off as like, because she's acknowledging it. It's like, oh, what kind of sick lady would do? And it's like, oh, God, you pointing at it just makes it, you know what you're doing. It just makes it worse. <laughs> hers, just going, hey, everyone, I'm an asshole. Look at me her, be an asshole. Hers was the least egregious because at least she wasn't doing that not in the context of a show. Truly, yes. I will it, say that, yes. <laughs> yeah. Whereas everybody else is just like absolutely being assholes to people for... Yes. No other reason. But by the way, that's the extent that these characters get any sort of character development. Uh, it's like, like that. Okay. Like Woody Harrelson's character. I, I, I'm like, okay. They start him out with like, oh, he's like found out that this guy is cheating on his wife with her sister. And I'm like, oh, he's about to do something good right now. He's about to let this lady know. He's about to blow up this man's spot. Okay. Thank God this sick bastard and then no he just immediately turns it around on him is like how much money do you have on you yeah not a likable person oh man they turned that around so fast i was like oh you couldn't make one of these guys likable like literally every time the cops were chasing them i was like well if they get caught true (laughs) <laughs> like, I just, yeah. yeah and you know how you know how unlikable your protagonists have to be for us to be like yeah like on this podcast just mm-hmm. being like yeah they're robin hooding it but i don't really care because they're assholes and if like they were like we have it. requested the robin hood motivation on this podcast before being like it would have been fine if they had robin hood it and here we've got robin hoods and we're just like i don't like these people at all well <laughs> that and dick. because they're not doing it because they're like oh this is something good to do that's and that's my big struggle with it if they were like because i'm all for robin hooding like i like that they drained that guy's account and was like we gave it back to all the people like some of the people you screwed yes i would love to see that every every day of the week every day let's tear these guys down they don't keep the money they rob the bank give it out to the audience although it's a vegas so i'm like you probably well, that one the was Vegas New one. I'm like, oh, the, the, yeah, you're giving yeah. it to rich people right now. Like, you're just yeah. like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, but they're doing this all under just instruction. This isn't like they're doing it. It's like, okay, we're facilitating this. We're putting our asses on the line. I'm not saying they're doing nothing, but it's not their own idea. It's not like what they're striving towards of like, Oh, we're going to make the world better. It's like, I want to get in this club real bad. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's you nailed the nail on the head there. You hit the nail on the head. Of course, you nail a nail, yeah, uh, like which it. is at no point is anybody's motivation to do this pure. So, so the four main magicians are doing it because they, as you said, they want to get into a club. But um, uh, the cop's motivation behind it isn't that he wants to correct the injustices done by this bank and this. Um, the insurance company and uh, Morgan Freeman's character. It's that these are all personal vendettas because those are the three entities that he associates with his father dying. Yes. It's like, so, so personal. Yeah. So he's, so like the good that they do along the way is somewhat incidental. Yes. And, and okay, just as a side thing, how fucking pissed would you be at that third performance when they're making it rain fake money i'd be oh. like this was i can't believe we went to the worst one this is the only one we should the worst one to. and you, you know what else is bad about that rebecca they did one trick yeah they, they did, do no magic they no did, magic they set up all these lights they had a whole sound system which by the way should have been able to be tracked down to them like you know how hard it is to do something with that high of a production value and not get noticed like the, the, the fucking FBI is after you. You're like, hey, you guys setting up for a magic show? Yeah, some four people hired us to do this. Okay, we're <laughs> going to be here already. Yeah. Uh, but like they do one trick, which is they just they run off the top of the building and they turn into money, which, as you point out, turns out to be fake. Yes, it's not even real money. So I'm like, you didn't even Robin Hood for the last people. And they got the shittiest show. Oh, you know they've been waiting around forever, too. You don't get a crowd that big without, like, several, several hours of waiting. No, exactly. And so some people took a subway there. You yeah. know what I mean? They, they, mm. Someone said, what are your plans tonight? Cancel them. Those magicians are doing a weird pop-up show out in, like, Brooklyn somewhere. Yeah. Like, uh, How was it? Well, uh, we saw them go from one stage to another stage. It was crazy. It was on the other side of the roof. <laughs> But honestly, I was so far away, it could have been anybody up there. I've seen musicians do that, okay? Like, what is this? I'd be so pissed at that third show. Uh, Although I will say when I saw that at a concert, that blew my mind. (laughs) Yeah, of course. What, they're behind me? Oh, like, I lost it. But you're not, it was a concert, not a magic show. That's like... That's like, I would be impressed at a magic show if they played, you know, if they did Stairway to Heaven, you know, but it's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> but that's not what we're here for. And so, so I kind of mentioned it before, but like, I think that the three villains in this are Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine, who owned the mm-hmm. insurance company and the safe company, right? Those end up, cause those are the three that end up being the target of their yeah revenge. no you're absolutely right yes so i i'm gonna i know who i'm talking to rebecca don't worry but i'm gonna take the side of the bank and the insurance company here for a bit jesus christ okay. and, the, right. and the safe company because okay hear me out whoa here's okay. what's going on they're like they denied my dad's insurance claim very bad yes but they denied the insurance claim of a guy who willingly climbed inside of a safe and had it dunked in the East River and died. <laughs> like, I don't want to be like your insurance. Like, I don't want to be on the side of the insurance company because I know they screw people over. But there is absolutely a very large chance that his life insurance does not <laughs> cover <laughs> escape attempts in a river. You know what I mean? All right. You know what? That's a real dumb thing to do. <laughs> I reluctantly gonna. I just. I got. I. I can't say no to that. I see what you're saying. Yes. I see what you're saying. Okay, right? but you lose me on the second half. You lose me on the fact that it's a dumb thing to do. No, no, no. On on the where we're going with this argument, which is he then his company then proceeds to rip off some very valid uh, fair yes claims. The hurry, yeah 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 that Some very valid claims came in afterwards and those were also <laughs> denied those should have been served uh yes. is my point but like but this but you see what i'm saying though this isn't a, an instance of like well technically that's a sewer backup and you only have flood protection so we're going to deny your claim for the mm. sewer backup because you don't have that coverage it's not like that at all it's like you got in 
a safe that you got lowered into the river to try and escape. Like, I don't think you could even get life insurance for that. Okay, I would agree with you that our our quote-unquote hero, uh, his, his motivations are completely wrong and misguided towards this guy. Right. Anyone else in that theater? Yes. <laughs> like Talking about Michael Caine. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, 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 yes. You got to give it to, yes. He, this man deserves booze. He deserves to have his bank account drained. I honestly believe most of these people both deserve to have their banks accounts drained, quite frankly. Um, <laughs> and you know, <laughs> you know who else deserves to have their bank account drained? Anybody who has $140 million and it's only protected by what's your childhood pet name? <laughs> Dude, that slayed me. That like lit, that cut me down. That cut me down for a minute. Really removed me. Because it was like, it was supposed to be, like you could tell what the movie was setting up. They were supposed to be like, yeah, that scene you thought was nothing. It was something. Check it out. And it's like, no, but that's, I don't think that's how rich money works. <laughs> that A poor man wrote this movie. Someone who doesn't have money wrote this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you know my childhood pet, um, you could probably get the $500 that's in my checking account right now. Yeah. But you're not going to get my $140 million. I feel like someone has to show up for that. Like, can you imagine being that bank employee who's like, well, I thought it was suspicious, but they knew the name of his childhood cat, so I just gave them all the money. Yes. <laughs> Without a phone call. Like like I feel two factor I feel as though two factor authentication existed for rich people long before it existed for poor people. You know? My bank won't let me take out more than two hundred dollars <laughs> at an ATM, man. There's no way. They could have evacuated that entire bank account without one somebody shutting it down partway through <laughs> and going, okay, you got the first couple out, but this guy's got whatever uh, a $200,000 limit without a phone call. Like, he's, you know what I mean? That's so, oh my God, yeah. that part killed me. So funny. And another thing that bothers me from subsequent watches is a lot of the crime that they do is computer hacking. And that is never like, like the, that's the, not a skill set they have. The, no, it's, not. <laughs> <laughs> it's never established as a skill set. You just see uh, Isla Fisher's character just on a computer at one point. I was literally suggesting that just she's about to bring up that scene. <laughs> like, that? Just, I was just about to bring that scene up right. because that one, because that's like, that's like three quarters of the way through the movie. That's like, we're getting really close to the end when we see that. And I'm like, okay, like I, I could, I could buy in when it was like somebody else was pulling all the strings and just like dropping off equipment and going, do this next. Like you're doing some sort of weird, like to do list or whatever. Like, I could buy into that. But as soon as it's like they're actually like, she's got like half a headphone on, like typing. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> I was willing to buy the car. Oh, when that car explodes, <laughs> it's like cars don't explode like that. Like that's insane. <laughs> and it's also, that's so dangerous. Like, like that's another thing that drives me crazy is when something that's so elaborate is part of this intricate plan mm -hmm. and it could go wrong at any moment, but your whole plan hangs on it and yes. there's no alternative. Like I can think of many ways that it'd be easier to uh, fake Dave Franco's death in front of the FBI. That would actually appear to be some sort of magic trick, a fall, for example, uh, you know, like, like things that magicians actually do. Uh, you, you know, he gets shot, but he swapped, but he swapped out the bullet, you know, for a blank, like all of these things. But instead they staged this massive and dangerous fiery car crash on, uh, a public road and somehow like it all just goes off without a hitch. Yes. And to bring, and to bring up, uh, our point, Morgan Freeman has every right to track these people and should be. <laughs> Yes. Should be actively like, like God was in jail because he didn't do it enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> because yeah. he got tricked. 
Okay, they, got, like, they frame him because he didn't go far enough with debunking them. They frame him, and it's kind of like you're never ever getting out of jail, and that's like, man, like he was just exposing tricks, dude. Like he was just exposing tricks. There was no reason for your dad to take it that far. Okay, I'm not saying it's chill. Okay, like as somebody that you know performs, I'm like, I get how awful that is. That's such a devastating. It's like, oh, you're not even creating anything. Like the whole plot. Mm. Like I yeah, get yeah, that. Yeah. I get being upset at that. That's bullshit. Okay, I don't like it. Fundamentally, I I, I don't enjoy that at all. I'm like, absolutely, let the people have their magic. You know what I mean? Let the people sit back, be entertained, okay? You can cross your arms all you want. I don't, like, like, people that get hypnotized, I'm always like, I kind of roll my eyes at that. I'm like, oh, I don't really get it. People do, like, I've seen it work, okay? Like, I've seen people, you know, lean into the power of suggestion, but I'll and I'll sit there with my arms crossed, but I don't go up there and volunteer and be like, I'm gonna prove you wrong right now. I'm like, people are having fun. Just let them have the fun. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's kind of the same sort of thing for me. That's kind of where I draw the line with him. But I feel like they point out, and I did not go back to check this because I'd already been watching it for far too long, that he <laughs> only targets people who are dishonest or scamming people. That was his sort of thing. He's like, when you're using this to exploit people or um, take advantage of their like fun belief in something, mm. that's who he's sort of targeting. Right? And I think we can agree that each of these individuals deserve to be targeted. 100%. Especially if, if, you then see that they're all working together and you're like, oh, this, they're up to something, yeah. right? But it also goes to point out that the fact that he uh, targeted, Morgan Freeman targeted Mark Ruffalo's dad mm -hmm. means that he was up to some shady shit. You know, when he, yeah. when he exposed him as a fraud or whatever, you, here's the thing. You can't expose a magician as a fraud. Like you can't be like, guess what, everybody? It's not real magic. Everyone would be like, <laughs> everyone yeah. be like, we know that. We know, like, it's a fun you're just stage thing. Exposing a bad magician, basically. You're, right? yeah, you're exposing a bad magician, or you go, or you know, it's the worst, worst part where it goes. I, I can talk to your dead relatives, and they have important messages for you. Uh, but you need to pay me to do that. Like then you go, guess what, everybody? This guy's a fraud. Yes. And you expose them. So it makes me think that uh, Mark Ruffalo's father was into some sort of nonsense like that. Now, that it makes sense to me. And I would I would take the argument that within the span of this movie, everything we see this guy do is justified. Like yeah. recording the show. Like they like try and take his phone. They take his phone. He starts recording on another device. It's like. Yeah, like normally, again, as a comedian, I'm like, yeah, respect the rule, man. If I don't want to be recorded, you better not record me. But I'm like, literally, these people are about to commit a crime. <laughs> you recorded a crime is what you, you recorded. <laughs> yes, you recorded a crime. You're valuable to this operation. How long? Because that's, I'm like, this is, is this like some sort of like mirroring of the tree thing? Like Mark Ruffalo just like, that was his card was becoming an FBI agent to execute this. It took him like 20 years in the force to get in and do it. Do you know Again, what I mean? another part of the movie that makes zero sense if you think about it, because what would have happened if someone else got assigned to this case? Yes. <laughs> and it's like, there's that whole scene of him going, I don't want it. And I'm like, a lot of this, if you know the ending, you're like, what? Oh, yeah. Like, and, yeah, like, can you imagine a boss too being hard like of a turn for me where I was like, guys, like we didn't even like I you get the whole plot line. You get who's behind it. It's some descendant of this. They bring him up too often. It's not right. The, this magician that died. OK, you're like, OK, clearly this is all linked to this person. It's either this person's still alive or their son or their daughter doing it. 
and they're like trying to make you're they're like okay it's this french woman for sure <laughs> international think about it <laughs> like but then they just flip I, it feels like they just flipped it to flip it yeah like it felt like at the last minute they were like our ending's not interesting enough let's make it you and it's <laughs> like but none of nothing else backed that up <laughs> A hundred percent. And there's even a scene in the movie where Mark Ruffalo's character has like this moment where he's thinking that Interpol is the the mole, that she's behind it. And he's rude to her and confrontational. And is like, if I find out it's you, I'm going to fucking flip. But, but. It doesn't work with the reveal because no. why would he be such a dick about it? Or or why do you have that thing where it's him figuring it out? Like there's a whole scene where he's like putting it together and realizing, oh, it must be her. But if it's actually him, he would never do that. There he might knows. be a moment. There might be a moment where he has to come up with the idea that they're on to him, that there's somebody on the inside. And therefore, he's going to put blame on her. But we don't see that. No. And there's like literally a whole scene. Okay. He's alone, basically. Like there's cops everywhere. But he's on the side of this bridge on the phone with Morgan Freeman. Morgan's like giving him hints like, isn't it strange that she's shown up? And he's like giving all these weird looks. I'm like, who is this acting for? You're alone. (laughs) Like he's looking like all suspicious at her. Like, oh, must be her actually. I'm like, no one's looking at you. No one but a camera is on you. Like, who is this? What was that for? And and there's no reveal too where it's like when you thought he was doing this, he was actually doing this, pulling the strings. Yes. Like he full on has a fist fight with one of the members trying to get in. I'm like, what? No, he's He's constantly like going to shoot at them. He yells at uh, he yells about like her not shooting them. Oh, you let them get away. Why didn't you shoot them? I'm like, what? Because that would have ruined your whole plan. Yeah, that was your <laughs> team member. <laughs> what are you saying? Like, and I get it if it's like up for like, I don't know. I there was just too much in this movie where I'm like, it can't be this guy. And then when they made it him, I was like, but you didn't even explain. It wasn't earned. No, it wasn't. You're right. It wasn't earned. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. And again, first watch, you kind of go like, oh, that was neat. It was him all along. And then the moment you think about it, just even a little too much, you're like, no. No. And again, (laughs) for a movie about magic, it has to be, this is how it's done. This is how it appeared to be this way. But because we have these skills or whatnot, um, we were able to make it appear a, a different way, right? Yeah. And this is how he has done this and how what you thought you saw wasn't what he saw. And mm. like all the rest. And the movie doesn't have any of that. It just goes, well, it was magic, right? Because they, they, can, they can lie to you. <laughs> and and what you saw wasn't what you saw. I, I don't know. It's very weird. Um, yes. The other, the, the other villain I desperately want to defend here is the safe company. They don't deserve to be ripped off at all. They're just building safes. But they're like, yes. the, the safe the safe didn't open at the bottom of the lake. I was like, I, what, what do you want from me, man? That's like not something we quality control for. Like, Well, it's like, yeah, I threw, yeah, somebody threw a computer at me and it hit me in the foot. <laughs> you have faulty computers. Like, what are you saying? Like, there wasn't none of this was meant for these things. What? Why? Why are you throwing this into a lake, dude? That's not. Why does this spur generations of revenge? Yes. Because <laughs> we built a safe. They use cheap metal or something like that. I'm like, yes. Welcome to America. The ocean's on fire. <laughs> that threw himself into a lake in a safe you gotta do it in the pool first okay couple test runs man oh yes and i'm sorry i you know i I hate to be the guy who's like personal responsibility and all the rest like i I believe in social systems but like society doesn't owe you shit (laughs) if you're throwing yourself into a river in a safe Yes. It's on you to if have figured that out. If someone else has done that to you, very much not your bad. 
if you do that yourself on your own volition for entertainment, then yeah, that's, oh, you know, that's, uh, I'm not happy it happened, but I'm also like, well, you know, that you knew that was uh, part of the deal. Yeah. You have to know that's super dangerous. You knew it was dangerous and you need to know the, the, the skills or whatever that involved well enough to get yourself out of it. Right. And, and they even say, Morgan Freeman says he got in over his head. Like he took on a task that he wasn't prepared to do and it backfired on him. Like, yeah, absolutely ridiculous that he didn't do the work to make sure that this safe would open like he thought it was going to. Or, you know, or that they didn't have a backup crew or a safety crew, you know, like if something goes wrong, have a scuba diver in there or someone like, I don't know. It's just... <laughs> Personal responsibility to make sure that your magic trick goes off like it's supposed to, especially if it's dangerous. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. No, the art, oh, man. Also, worst clubhouse ever. When they get on that oh. fucking merry-go-round, I'm like, this is the weirdest scene of the whole movie, which is actually very impressive. Because <laughs> there's a lot of weird scenes. And they're going fast, and you're like, what do you, what do you guys go into that thing? Also, how how much money does this guy have? <laughs> Who's funding this? This isn't cheap. <laughs> no. None of the things that have happened are cheap. They literally had to like like bra- actively brainwash a guy over months so that they could rob a French bank. Yeah, I do feel as though at that point in the movie, Michael Caine is their backer. So, like, I think they were given a pretty big check just to, like, develop the show as they needed to. But, like, they never explain how they get in with him in particular. How this insurance executive is like, yes, I'm going to get into live magic production and just write them a blank check to, you know, follow a guy around France for months suggesting that he go to Las Vegas on this one night. Yeah, like I'm always like who built the who built the safe? Like the replicas and all this kind of stuff. I'm always like when you're doing crime, you need your whole team fleshed out. You need people on all levels, right? You need yeah. the creator and you see nobody else but these magicians. And based off of that scene with them in the computer room, I think we're supposed to believe they built everything. <laughs> <laughs> with the plans they got though right because that's that's also not a different skill than magic is being able to read and construct sets up from blueprints provided to you <laughs> you know yes yes the blueprints hilarious if i ever first of all picked a lock to get into a building that i was mysteriously invited to one of which one of the cards was left in your home you're home. Like, you know what I mean? Like crazy. Anyway, gets these on your person. You don't know how it's happened. You pick the lock, you go in, it starts doing a 3d presentation. I'm sorry. I know a pyramid scheme when I've seen one. Okay. I would get right out of there. Somebody's (laughs) about to make me sell some fucking mascara, dude. I'm gone. I know a trick when I see one. That's exactly what I felt they were about to launch into. I was like, no, no, no. (laughs) This was too mysterious. (laughs) I love Rebecca just missing out on huge adventures because she thinks they're all just like scams to get into. I'm telling you, that's what they do. They they're really mysterious about it. They don't tell you what the job actually is. They just give you steps to get there. They never even give you an address most of the time. They're like, it's all you got to go past the corner. It's in the basement of the library. And you're like, okay, and then the you show up, s- s- and it's just people, just just people trying, literally, literally showing you pyramids and telling you it's not one. It's 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 lunacy. <laughs> it's pure. Like I can't. I'll never get over it. I'll never in my life get over it. I don't know. Maybe there's just something about me, but I've never been asked to join one of those. I got asked. I, I've only, honestly, I've gone, no. I was about to say it's only happened to me once, but it's happened to me about three times. Okay. Um, I mean, two of them, I was like, two of them were just like, 
buddies that were trying to recruit me and I was like, gross. Right. Um, and the other one was actually like, I was fucking trapped. Like I got, I got schemed into sitting in on that. And then so the dumbest thing on the book, they were like, you, do you know the reason why McDonald's doesn't sell onion rings? And everybody in the audience, like, why? Oh, because, you know, it's like a, a presentation. It's, you know, it's interactive, whatever. Everybody's like, why, Mary? Tell us why. It's like, because there's not enough onions in the world to provide them. And I was like, well, that is not supply and demand. That is not economics at all. That is not the reason, certainly. It's probably just like not cost effective. Maybe people don't want the. I don't know what it is. But it's not because... There's not enough onions in the world. That's not why. Yeah, I, I feel like we could, even if there was a supply issue, we could do like, you know, for a month only onion rings at McDonald's. Like it was, hey, so, you know, it was anyway. the weirdest pitch. So she's like, so we're going to up the supply of, and then that, that was her launching off point of how they were going to be the new <laughs> onion rings at McDonald's. <laughs> then you like, raise oh, your hand, you're like, excuse me. So, so we're selling onions to McDonald's. That's your business model. <laughs> So we're onion salesmen. We're, no, we're selling it was like they wanted, they wanted me to, to give out financial, go door to door and give debt consolidation and financial advice. And I was 17 years old. I was 17. I was like, you're nuts. <laughs> he told me it was like an administrative job. He was like, it's yeah. like an administrative. I was like, oh, so I like work in an office or something like that. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm kind of interested in that. Like, I want to like flesh out a really diverse resume of different jobs and these sorts of things. And then I showed up and I was like, as soon as he turned the lights off, I was like, fuck. <laughs> I knew exactly what it was. The second he turned the lights off, I was like, oh no, I've been had. <laughs> Gotta get out of here. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, sorry. That was a tangent, huh? No, no, no. That's <laughs> We're all about oh, tangents here. Shit. I love it. But yeah, no, I would have walked out of that room. As soon as those blueprints were up, I'd be like, well, this isn't the job for me. And they keep saying they're like, oh, like, you know, we have stakes in it. We could go to jail forever. And it's like none of them care because they're all adrenaline junkies and they're just doing this for them. Like, that's basically all it is. It's like all about their ego. Let's get another level of like magic prestige in our eyes. And like, I'm not a magician, but I feel like magicians are people who really like to know how things are going to go and how things are going to turn out. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think like the illusions that they do are pretty well planned out like re- regular magicians. Right. Yeah. Um, but they don't have that here. They don't know what the grand finale is. They just are following these tricks. Um, not really presumably not doing them themselves. Like they're not the ones creating these illusions or these plans themselves. They're just following an unknown person's instructions on how to do these tricks and hoping that it would work out for the best. And at no point do they doubt themselves, which is bonkers or, or ask, would our careers be better if we didn't rob the bank? Now that we're headlining in Vegas, like, yeah, let's just hitch our wagon to this like rich guy and ride it to the top. Yeah. Also, when he goes back to him and he's like, let's just take these guys down when he's talking to Morgan Freeman and he's like, listen, I'll give you 10 mil. It's like because he because he says like, well, I'll, I'll double whatever you're going to make. He's like, I stand to make five million. And he's like, am I flinching? Like, let's go. <laughs> I'm like, well, you got to like that. Yeah, Gotta and like I would I would rather watch that movie. Michael Caine and Morgan Freeman riding around the countryside taking down shit. <laughs> oh, that's the pitch. I'd watch that actually. Them and they just kind of are just like old men kind of bickering. Movies. Great. Yes, they're just they're but it's just like open mics. Yeah. They're just like breaking up like the lowest level of magicians. They're just breaking them down. A hundred percent, I'd watch that movie. I would love that. That's great. Oh, I think that's a better pitch than this like tech fusion. It's too, I think that's the other thing is it's like a little too techy for me. Yep. Where I'm like, again, and I think you touched on this before where it's like, if they had a tech background or at least recruited one tech, you know what I mean? Get your guy on the board that's always talking to them. And then it also makes more sense because it's like they have eyes on things and they know what's going on and like, 
there's a absolute like actually like a connection you could have a character that actually knows who it is and can't tell or whatever it is like fuck oh my god i think honestly honestly if they hadn't done that twist i think i would have liked this movie 50 percent better yeah which is well, like it made saying sense. a lot. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> what I want, what I want from a magician heist movie is for it to all of a sudden make sense at the end, and it doesn't give you that. No, it doesn't. It doesn't say this is how we tricked you, and here's the reveal. It just goes, we tricked you, and it didn't feel good to be tricked for for two hours. This is a two hour movie, everybody. It's two hours. Mm. They couldn't. Couldn't couldn't get it down below that. So but yeah, kind of felt like a little fuck you to the audience. That's what, yeah. honestly kind of felt like a little fuck you of like, okay, everything we were building towards, eh, doesn't really matter if you were paying attention. You're just gonna notice plot holes. So <laughs> sucks for you. <laughs> sucks for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So in in conclusion, for me anyway, this fucking movie. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's too, it's too revenge filled and it doesn't start like, you know, would have been so much of a nicer gesture for his father just to be incredible at magic and continue perform the stunts yourselves, be the Robin Hood. Yes. Randomly for everyone, for the people, do it up. Like have like an actual, like really good message instead of it was all for my dead daddy. Ha ha ha. Decades, <laughs> like, decades of my life dedicated to this. Yeah. Ugh. Like, wow, that sucks. And oh man, I'm sorry. I hate the somehow we're able to meet on the same bridge in a different country. I found you. Uh, I get it. She talked about it once, but what is she sitting there 24 hours a fucking day? Yeah. Also, how many, how many things have you hacked into? Well, I guess he's still in the FBI. Is the he fact, still in the FBI? Does he I keep that job? I don't think so. I think they figure it out. And the fact that she, <laughs> he admits to her that like it was me the whole time and she doesn't immediately arrest him blows my mind. But like, why? Why? Why you would all she need protect a this magic, dude? Craig? Come on! Ah. Yeah, she's also a villain for not arresting him. Straight up. Yeah. Straight up. That was international crime. <laughs> You're part of Interpol. Your allegiances have been known. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, anything else we want to mention about? Uh, as I say, this. Fucking I would just movie? say that I totally get. Like I would say, it, within the scope, the time frame of this movie, I totally get Morgan Freeman's motivations. I think he is justified in following these people, absolutely. And I'm also gonna say, even though he didn't catch them, he was the best guy for the job. Yep. He was. Nobody else would have got that close. Nobody else would have got that close. Done. Done. Uh, yeah, so I think it's probably time to uh, give our definitive ranking of how good the villains are. What do you got, Rebecca? Okay, so I've got um, I've got magic gone wrong scale. <laughs> so from uh, losing your bunny to actually sawing someone in half, <laughs> um, which I think would probably be the bit worst one, right? Um, <laughs> I'm going to give Morgan Freeman, I'm going to give him, uh, this isn't your card. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't like it. I don't really like you, but this is pretty soft. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get over it. I like it. Uh, I've got something similar. So I've got the magic prop scale. So props use in ma- magic scale. Uh, so uh, on a scale of, is this the card you picked out of the deck to the assistant that you saw it in half? We both went with the same references. Ooh! That's crazy. Uh, I'm going to actually rank the safe company, the company who built the defective safe. Oh, cool. uh, as, and I'm going to rank them as the tiger you made disappear. Uh, because it wasn't the tiger's idea to get involved in this nonsense. And you can't blame them when things go predictably wrong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that's fair. I don't think they were built for that. No. Uh, absolutely. So uh, before we get to our heroes and villains of the week, a couple ways you can help out the podcast. If you've got some ideas, some uh, suggestions for uh, movies that you would like us to cover, you can get in contact with us at 
Uh, villainwasright at gmail.com. That's our email. Uh, we're also on social media, VWR Podcast on Twitter and Villain Was Right uh, on Facebook as well. Uh, you can check that out for updates on what we're doing and everything like that. And if you have a couple bucks to uh, send the podcast to help us out. Like every podcast, we have Patreon. You know it. Patreon.com slash The Villain Was Right. Uh, our top tier, you get two bonus episodes a month. They're loosey-goosey. We have fun. We just pick movies where the villains aren't necessarily right. Uh, we just wanted to talk about them. Sometimes they're great villains. Sometimes it's just a movie we both really enjoy, and we want to have some fun talking about it. Or sometimes it's a movie we hate, <laughs> and we just want to shit on it for <laughs> for a nice amount of time. Anyway, uh, guys, that's our top tier. It's uh, $7 a month. Or And if you get our top tier, you also get... Um, you know, you get to to vote on what we're doing, on our audience choices, get active, get involved. You also um, get episodes in advance. You know what I mean? You want those early? You want to hit your week running with a little laughter in your ear, just me cackling along? Then yes, hit us up. Um, you know, patreon.com slash the villain was right. And now it is time for our heroes and villains of the week. What do you got for us, Craig? Yeah, so this has been a bit of a, a light but fun one today. So um, uh, uh, over the past week, like as we're recording, this is a Sunday. And over the past week, I have uh, my second dose vaccine has finally reached maturity. Woo! I'm two weeks on. I have been able to see family. So I have saw my dad, who I have not seen since March of 2020. Uh, I actually saw him twice in this past week, which was fantastic. Um, saw my sister, saw my one-year-old niece, uh, or she's going to be two. Jeez, last time I saw her, she was one. Um, and it's absolutely great. But the, uh, the, 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 real, uh, the real cherry on the, the cake of this wonderful week has been, I finally got my hair professionally cut. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Wednesday of, this, uh, uh, of the week that we're recording this, Ontario finally opened up uh, hair cutting places. Um, uh, I, I, in the last year and a half, I think I got a professional haircut once back in October when it did opened up briefly, which was nice because I had to go on TV the next week. So that worked out very well. <laughs> essential, essential. Uh, but other than that, I have basically shaved my head down twice. There's actually, uh, a really bad haircut story, which that's a, that's an old episode. Go, go check that out. Uh, but, uh, I shaved my head down to the point where Rebecca, uh, I jumped on one of these calls and she called me fight club. Uh, because, <laughs> I, did. I, forgot I about that. Yeah, cut right. my hair and <laughs> it was so good because I, my hair was getting to the point where like I would wake up in the middle of the night and be like, what's that crawling on my ear? And then be like, oh, that's my hair. Like it was waking me up at night and it was, it's been so hot in Toronto. So like you just hold all the heat. And I went and I got it cut. I tipped so much. I tipped like probably like 50% on this haircut. I did the exact same thing. Yeah. And <laughs> she just cut my hair and I came home that day. I, I, I went first thing Wednesday. They weren't taking appointments. I walked to the barber at 9 a.m. and I was the third person in line. Uh, and they they cut it. I came home and I was just like energized. I was like refreshed. I was like sitting there like, uh, I was like, what can we do today? I was like trying to finish my coffee and not like bounce off the walls. It was <laughs> fantastic. So I feel like fully refreshed, fully ready to go. I finally got a haircut, everyone. That's my hero of the week. That's great. Um... My hero of the week this week, um, kind of like hero villainy, but I, I would say hero of the week is uh, surge protectors. Surge oh. protectors are my hero of the week because hot damn. Okay, so we got some, some thunderstorms, right? It's been kicking up. We got a heat dome going. So um, we've been getting a lot of storms in Toronto, and one of those storms was especially bad. And I had noticed, like, and I was working at the time, like I was on my computer, I was using my mind, like all, all, I had all this stuff geared up on, ready to go. And at one moment I was like, nothing shut off, but it seemed to like glit for like one second. It kind of just seemed to like pop for a second. And I was like, oh, that's kind of crazy, but nothing turned off. So I was like, the power must be fine. Everything's good. But my internet kicked off and I was like, oh, okay, not a big deal. Right. So I go reset the modem doesn't work. I reset the modem again, doesn't work. And then I realize I'm like, oh no, maybe my lines, 
messed up, right? I'm like, the, the internet line must have got fried or something. Um, so I have to call in, of course. I'm on the phone for a freaking hour trying to figure it out. They're running tests, running tests. They're like, no, we have to send a tech. So next day, I'm still, you know, I'm within out internet 24 hours, which in this social situation is especially tough, I would say. Um, so the tech comes by. He's like, no, I checked the line. Everything's good. Your modem must be fried. And I'm like, oh, no, right? But not a big deal. It's like the cheap, you know, it's modems aren't super expensive. I'm like, yeah, I'll just get a new one, whatever. That is was until I realized that every modem that worked for my provider was sold out in Ontario and that I could get one in two weeks. Uh. I could get a new one in two freaking weeks. So I'm like panicking. I call the provider that I'm with and I'm like, hey, I've been like searching all over the internet. Can you help me? Like, do you guys, like, can I just buy one from you? (laughs) Like, is this possible? Like, I, I don't know what to do here. And I thought it was weird that they never tried to sell me one on the phone. Cause I'm like, normally they jump all over that. So why would that be? I get on the phone with this lady and she's like, Oh, well no, like you can just buy one from like Canadian computers. And I was like, no, 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 they're sold out. She's like, no, no, no. Let me just check real quick. And then there's like this long silence on the other end. She goes, Oh yeah, you're right. And I was like, Oh no, I'm in trouble. Like I'm in trouble. Like we had this recording this weekend. I'm like, I'm not going to make it. Like, this isn't good. I'm going to have to like go and set up shop in one of my friend's houses or something. This isn't going to be good. Right. She's like, okay, well we could send you one. You won't get it till Tuesday. Um, but we just have one and it's an open box. And I'm like, now listen, I have no, I'll buy open box stuff. Like I don't care. Um, they've been tested. They've been checked. I'll buy refurbished stuff. Like I think this like new, new, new thing doesn't have to happen. Okay. We can buy some old tech. That's fine. But the way she said it made it sound like there was one sitting in a warehouse in the middle of an empty room, just with an, just a flap in the wind. (laughs) With a three-month warranty on it, going buy me, buy me, like I, I just couldn't stop laughing at this thought. So I was like, all right, I'll call you back. It was Canada Day at the time, and I was like, okay, I'll call you back. I'm just gonna call you back later, see if I can handle this myself. Now, luckily, I tracked one down on Kijiji, but it was still like a full other hour. It was nuts. And the craziest thing to me is that if that if if nobody in Toronto was selling their old modem. I would just straight up not have internet for several days. <laughs> it was freaking wild. I can't just the way she said it. She's like, we've got one. It's an open box. I'm like, are you sitting beside it? Like, what is this? <laughs> Who's losing it? Anyway. They send you get, your old modem back, like the one that got fried. <laughs> to get back to the, so I realized as I'm taking out my old modem, because I've got this new one that I'm going to set up, right? As I'm taking it out, I realize the reason it got fried is because it was the only thing I didn't have plugged into the surge protector because it was the cheapest thing there. I had my TV. I've got my, you know, I got my gaming systems, all that kind of stuff. I'm like, if one of these things gets fried, I'll lo- like that's going to be the worst, right? You don't want that to happen. And I just did it because I was like, well, this modem's like $90. Who cares? And it turns out, I really, really care. I really care. It's now on it. It's now on the surge protector. <laughs> Lesson learned. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. You ma- you messaged me about that. I'd be like, <gasps> I might have to postpone this weekend. Just lost my internet, and I was like, oh. <laughs> Panic. I honestly, I didn't even realize that could like really actually happen in real life. I like, never you know happened how- to me. Yeah. Do you remember like when you were younger and a thunderstorm would happen and your parents would like unplug the television? Yeah. Like you weren't like allowed to watch TV and you're like, this is ridiculous. And now I'm like, maybe, maybe there's like a little bit of a point to that. Not unplugging it, but like not having it on makes sense. Yeah. Well, my mom got struck by lightning uh, when, when we were kids. That's right. So, uh, so we didn't like unplug things, but they did wake us up in the middle of the night and bring us down to the basement during thunderstorms. So yeah. Honestly, I, that's I, a valid response though. If yeah, I yeah, had yeah. ever in my life been electrocuted, that I would absolutely be doing that every time. Yeah. 100%. 100%. <laughs> 
<laughs> Absolutely. Oh man, that's a, I'm glad I'm glad that worked out because I'm happy we recorded today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it for us uh, this week on the podcast. Rebecca, where can people get in touch with you? As always, you can follow me at Rebecca Reads on Twitter or Instagram. Yeah, and you can follow me at Craig Fay Comedy on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, stay tuned next week. Uh, we've got uh, a really fun episode. Uh, Space Jam. Yeah. We're doing the, the original Space Jam. Uh, so come check that out. We've got an amazing guest for that. Uh, it'll be really, really fun. And until next week, uh, this is The Villain Was Right, reminding you to never reveal a magician's secrets. <laughs> the Villain Was Right was produced by Andrew Ivamy for the From Superheroes Network. For more great podcasts like this, as well as YouTube series, webcomics, and so much more, visit fromsuperheroes.com. 